Hello and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast, where we tell the stories of local business owners and Maine residents and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a local magazine that helps showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the links in the show notes. This episode is sponsored by Fabian Oil, a family-owned and operated business that offers heating oil and propane delivery services and repairs. Fabian has been serving Central and Northern Maine with propane and oil for over 30 years. As a local Maine business, they cherish the relationships they have formed by serving the people of their communities. In 2019, Fabian entered the Southern Maine region with a heating oil acquisition, and they have recently brought propane to the market. They are aggressive and would love to be your supplier. Give them a call at 207-793-2044 or visit fabianoil.com. In this episode, we'll be talking with Rainey Menard, headmaster of Thornton Academy in Saco. Rainey is the headmaster of Thornton Academy, Maine's largest independent school. He has spent the last 27 years working in education as a teacher, coach, dean of students, and associate headmaster before becoming headmaster in 2012. Rainey serves on the executive committee of the Maine Association of Independent Schools and lives on campus with his wife and two teenage children. Welcome to the show, Rainey. Thank you for being here today. Well, good morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. This is exciting. I'm excited to learn more about Thornton and... So I want to dive in. Am I the in. only one who feels like we should be saying, good morning, Mr. Menard, like all synchronized? <laughs> Maybe it's just my own, my own experience growing up. I don't know. I, I hope you were both sitting up straight in your chair right now. We're trying. <laughs> Kim, Kim just did straighten up, I just honestly. straightened up on that. <laughs> that is so oh, reflexive. That's awesome. Great. All right. So can you tell us what an independent school is? Sure. Well, it's um, an independent school is the same as a private school. I mean, the reality mm-hmm. is we're not public. I mean, that's a simple definition. We're, we're mm-hmm. independent. Uh, we're governed by an independent board of trustees. We're a nonprofit. We're a secular school, grades 6 through 12, uh, for students who uh, live throughout Southern Maine. And we have 160-plus international boarding students that live on dormitories on our campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually are one of the largest schools in the state, both public or private. But again, being an independent school is that um, we don't have any official affiliations with any public entities. Uh, we do have a relationship with the city of Saco and the towns of Dayton and Arundel. But again, mm-hmm. we are um, uh, we're governed by an independent uh, board of, of trustees. Hmm. I, didn't, I didn't really know what that meant. So it's really kind of cool to clarify that. Mm. What's, uh, w- what's unique about Thornton as, as a private school is the fact mm-hmm. that the city of Saco and the towns of Dayton and Arundel uh, pay the tuition for students living in those towns to attend hmm. Thorn Academy. So if you live in the city of Saco, this is where you go to high school. So we, mm-hmm. we've been here since 1811. And rather than build a place called Saco High School, mm-hmm. the city contracts with Thorn Academy for us to educate all of the high school age students that live in Saco. So hmm. there's a little confusion if you uh, are not uh, from this immediate area. Some folks mm-hmm. are confused because they say, well, it's a private school, but if I live in Saco, I can, my student can go there for free. And right. that's correct, right? Yeah, there, it's a unique relationship. There are fewer than 20 schools like us remaining in the U.S. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. You know, uh, a century ago, uh, this relationship was more common, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a remnants of a, of a bygone era. Wow. Hmm. 
Are there any other schools like the, like an independent school in New England or, or yeah. is it yeah. on the so, one? So sometimes people refer to us as a, as a town academy because we may be different from schools like, uh, let's say in Portland, you have schools like Chevrolet and and, uh, and Wayne which are your traditional private schools. But there are what we call town academies like Thornton Academy, mm-hmm. uh, Freiburg, Maine has Freiburg Academy. Uh, oh. There are schools, Washington Academy up in, in uh, East Machias, Maine. And there are, there are nine other schools like Thornton Academy in the state of Maine that are private schools. They're independent schools, but they serve as the public high school for mm-hmm. those communities and also educate what we call private pay students, uh, tuition students from surrounding communities. Some of those towns throughout the state of Maine have school choice and those communities will, will fund the tuition. And then we have other families uh, throughout the state and Southern Maine in particular who will choose to pay the tuition as they would any other private school. So, mm-hmm. you know, I like to say we're, we're a private institution serving a public mission. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think it's the best of uh, the best of both worlds. That's great. Yeah, definitely. Can you give us a little background on, on Thornton aside from the independent school aspect and just kind of what, what programs are offered there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we're very proud of the fact that we we're probably the most comprehensive high school public or private in, in Northern New England. Uh, we offer over 220 uh, course electives, course courses. We offer seven foreign languages. Uh, we have a full symphony orchestra. We have a full dance wow. program. We offer 26 advanced placement courses. So we're very proud of the breadth of offerings. And, uh, you know, I, I think Thorne Academy is a place that uh, is very accommodating. And we sort of have a slogan, uh, you know, come to Thorne Academy, be who you are, become who you want to be. And there's really something here for everyone. And uh, that's an important part of our mission uh, for students to find a subject area that's that they're passionate about. And it's not mm-hmm. just academically, but certainly the arts, athletics, community service, all of those things are very important to the, to the high school experience in helping us to develop well-rounded young men and women. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it's so much that you offer. It's just, it's, it's amazing. It is, it is a little tough to grasp like that much, <laughs> that many courses yeah. and that much stuff in a, in a high school. Well, it, it's, it's funny you say that. I mean, when I meet with parents and they, they and I had that same reaction, I say, look, it's like going to an all you can eat buffet. You don't have to put everything <laughs> on your plate. Okay. It's there. Pick and choose. Uh, but don't try Don't try to do it all. And, and that's not Great. the intent. I, I think yeah. as parents, sometimes we want, and I have two children here at the academy myself and yeah. I want them to take advantage of everything. Yeah. Uh, but again, they're, they're kids, uh, they need a balanced life. And, right. uh, but the great thing is there are opportunities for students to really explore different areas academically that they might not have the ability to do. in um, let's say in a traditional public school. Mm. I love that analogy of the buffet. Yeah. <laughs> it just puts it just it makes sense to me when you say it like that. Especially because I'm the kind of person who goes to the buffet and I'm like, look at all those potatoes. I <laughs> want all those potatoes. Yeah. Right. And I need someone to like stop me. Yes. I need I need, a, I need an intervention whenever I go to something like that. Sure. Just, I like a a caddy or something just to smack the spoons out of my hand like no. Yeah. <laughs> So you've been involved in education for, for a, gr- a good number of years here. When did you know that you wanted to be involved in education? And, and also, what's it like being the headmaster of the school you attended while you were growing up? Yeah. It's funny you ask. Certainly when I was a student uh, here a number of years ago, uh, that was the last thing on my mind was ever coming back to, <laughs> to, 
funny how that works. Uh, right, right. Yeah, life is funny that way. Um, <laughs> no, it really wasn't until I was graduating from college and uh, I was looking to apply to law school. And uh, for some reason, I had a change of heart and uh, thought that I wanted to pursue a career in teaching. And so I went that route, and then I got my first job at Freiburg Academy, interestingly enough, a school very similar to Thornton Academy. Mm -hmm. And so I was up at Freiburg and lived in the dormitory and was a coach and staff at uh, a club advisor and was teaching. And, uh, and then the, the current headmaster of the school had, uh, had reached out, had, had heard of me through somebody, some connection, and uh, invited me to, uh, to come back to Thornton Academy. And, um, so it was, I'll be honest, it was a little surreal to come back and to see, <laughs> see your teachers and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, everyone was still, to me, they were still Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so and, <laughs> yeah. uh, still a little nervous around them. They're now my colleagues, but in my mind, I was still 15 years old. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> on my best behavior, uh, so, <laughs> so it, it was, it's, it's really been a great opportunity. Um, you know, Thorne Academy is very unique. There's a lot of history and tradition at this school, and I'm, I'm really privileged to be a part of it. And honestly, it's even more exciting for me to see my own two children uh, mm. attend TA. Uh, as I said, one, one's a freshman, one's a senior, and, um, and, and it's been interesting for them. Uh, <laughs> I think there are days that, uh, you know, they probably wish uh, – I've learned not to go up and give them hugs in the hallway. <laughs> Uh, so, but it's great, it's great to be here to see them, um, you know, have a similar experience that I had. That is so cool. Now, did you have kind of, you said you were, you were getting ready to apply to law school and you, you kind of had a change of heart to go into education. Was there a specific moment or or was this something that you just kind of felt? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, I was a political science major and so I loved I love politics. I love talking about politics and, and world affairs and issues and such. And, um, you know, something was just sort of nagging at me. And, and uh, you know, I think it's one of those things. And from a younger age, uh, I think when I was in high school, I had this notion I wanted to be a lawyer and probably from watching lawyers on TV or something like that, right? Not really mm-hmm. having a realistic uh, understanding of, of what that uh, career involved. But I just, I always, there was just this, I guess, a, I don't want to say a longing, but just this sense that I really wanted to connect with kids and wanted to mm. wanted to do something a little bit more um, to me that would have been a little more personally satisfying. And uh, and then I had met somebody who was who was teaching and coaching. And actually, I ran into one of my old teachers and coaches. It was just a gentleman that I uh, I really had so much respect for in this area. Actually, uh, his name is Mr. Bob Cody. Um, uh, Mr. Cody, unfortunately passed away, uh, about a year ago, but, uh, Mr. Cody is a longtime educator in the Saco Biddeford area, had taught for uh, many years at the old St. Louis high school in Biddeford. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, was a, t- a teacher and a coach it was actually my AP history teacher here at Thorne Academy and uh, just a wonderful man and, and just had so much respect and admiration for him. And at some point I, I had run into him somewhere and then and maybe that was the, so the spark, and I said, "Boy, I'd, I'd like to do, I'd like to have a, an impact in the way that he mm-hmm. had on me." Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was that was probably when I started to have this change of heart, or started to, to reassess what I wanted to do with my life, and uh, and made the move in this direction. Hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. It is amazing how the the impact that teachers have. Right. Like I still right. think about some of the teachers that I've had mm-hmm. over the years. And they'll just pop into my mind. I'm like, wow, oh, w- that's where that came from. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where that, that line of thinking or that, you know, those habits kind of had their start. 
Um, and that's, it's an incredible thing, it, but it's a huge responsibility too, to be a teacher. And that's, that was always the thing that kind of scared me. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I should be shaping young minds. I don't, even, I don't even know if my mind is shaped. I'm not sure that's for me. <laughs> right. Uh, one, one other quick follow-up uh, question. Sure. What, what was it that you coached? I coached when I was here. I coached football. I and at Freiburg, I, I coached football and, and wrestling. And actually, I had, I had never wrestled in my life. And uh, the coach up there said, "Hey, I, I need somebody." And um, you know, when you're young and you and you and you uh, you start a new job and people ask you to do things and you sure you volunteer and, and that was <laughs> <Yep>. an, <laughs> that, that was a was a, a, a good learning experience. That's great. Awesome. So I want to know. Thornton Academy was was recently picked um, as the best private school by Down East Magazine in late 2020. What does that award? What is what is an award like that? What does it mean to you and to the Thornton Academy? Yeah, well, you know, I'll start off by saying there are a lot of very good private schools in Maine, and uh, many of the heads of these private schools here in Maine, Southern Maine, across the state, are are, are friends of mine and have a, a much respect for them, and so we're very proud to earn this distinction to be, um, mm-hmm. to be recognized among, again, many very, very good schools. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it's really an affirmation of the good work that's happening among our teachers, staff, and, mm-hmm. and students on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And it's really, a, it's a team effort. And uh, I'm just so fortunate to have such a very dedicated faculty and staff here. But uh, you know, the magic happens in the classrooms. It happens in the hallway. It happens mm-hmm. on, the, on the performing stage. Uh, you know, on, on the athletic fields. I mean, that's that's where it's happening day in and day out. And and uh, very fortunate, very thankful, and, and very proud to have great teachers and coaches and counselors who are who are doing good work with kids. And I think this is an affirmation that um, you know that people are recognizing that, and and, and we're grateful for that. That's great. Congratulations. Mm. Thank that's you. Fantastic. Now, I think it's uh, it's no secret that the last year or so has been rather um, interesting for everybody, mm-hmm. and just to put it mildly. Uh, but what are some of the lessons that you've learned over the past year, maybe even obviously professionally in, in an edu- education, but maybe even personally? Yeah. Patience, 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 mm-hmm. patience. This has been challenging for certainly for everyone. Uh, flexibility uh, the, for us, certainly professionally, the importance of of being able to adapt to an evolving situation. I think that was one of the, the biggest challenges for us was that we were always sort of waiting for information. We certainly um, were adhering to and following the guidance of the main Department of Education, the main CDC. Uh, and I think that's true certainly of every, every school leader. We're all sort of wanting to know, and as we still are today, when is it safe? What, what, are we, what can we do? How can we move forward safely? And I think that was, uh, you know, the, the unknown always right, causes a lot of anxiety. And I think that was that was a challenge that we had to learn to uh, to manage that. Mm-hmm. I, I think we learned the importance of staying positive and, and focused on what you can control mm-hmm. uh, in your environment. And I think that's something that we as an organization had to remind ourselves. And I would frequently remind staff, uh, look, this is different. There are a lot of things we can't do. A lot of things you would like to do with students that we we just can't, mm-hmm. and uh, I think a big challenge for for many of our staff who are so conscientious and they know what they want to do, and yet there are barriers, and so mm-hmm. it was really hard I think for a lot of us to say we can only do so much. You know, we're going to do everything we can, but understand that it's it's not going to be the same, 
And, uh, and that's hard. I, I think mm. particularly in a profession like teaching, where it's so personal and, mm. and people are really pouring their hearts into it. And it's, it's relational, right. um, you know, good teachers and good teaching involves building relationships with, with students. And those aren't quite the same when, um, when you're looking at a student on the other end of a screen, as opposed to be able to see a student in the hallway and, you know, give them a high five or a fist bump and have a casual conversation with somebody about, um, you know, how practice is going and, and soccer or whatever it might be going on. And just the, you know, the smiles that you give someone in the hallway or whatever it is. And those things are so important for, for students. And I'll tell you as a dad, certainly um, to see my own children here and, you know, high school, the, the cafeteria and, and, and the school in high school should be buzzing and there should be mm. uh, students crowded around a table and laughing and telling stories. And uh, that just didn't happen this year. And many of mm-hmm. us would walk around the school and say, this is so eerie. It's so quiet. Um, mm-hmm. Students are spread out. They're isolated. And uh, as you can imagine, this is tough for adults, but I really think it was even harder for adolescents to, mm-hmm. to have that um, sort of isolation from their, from their peers. And I think that that social isolation, especially in the early stages of the pandemic, when uh, last spring, when we were shut down completely, mm-hmm. I think it just reminded all of us of, of just how important our relationships are uh, with yeah. one another. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That was one of the things that really amazed me, you know, last March or yeah, last, last yeah. March yep. when everything kind of got turned on its head. One of the things I just marveled at was the way that teachers, you know, administrators just were able to completely change what they did mm-hmm. in a matter of days mm-hmm. hours in some cases, depending on when decisions were made and things changed. I was just amazed at that because I'm like, you have to be passionate about that in order to do those things and to do it and to do it as well. Um, And, uh, you know, since this is the chance I'll get to talk to the most people (laughs) this week, uh, you know, to any teachers and administrators and yourself as well. uh, You know, thank you for all of that, all the effort and time that was put into this um, because it's just amazing what was done. To me, I, I I don't know how how it could have been accomplished yeah, it just shows any the better, passion, really. Yeah, behind yeah. what what you guys do. Well, I I appreciate you sharing that, and and, for, and uh, as I said earlier, this is not just our school. This is true of every school in the state of Maine, public, private, mm-hmm. everyone, yeah. Um, yeah. every educator across the state. When you stop and think about it, you're you're asking folks who are professionals who have developed their craft, and many of them it's it's taken 10, 15, 20, 25 years to really perfect what they do. And literally overnight, throw that out and 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 figure this out anew. Mm-hmm. You know that's unsettling. And uh, but people mm-hmm. really stepped up to the challenge. And it's not easy. And and the challenges continue. You know, I think you've you've read accounts where there are many success stories. We have a number of students, certainly in our school and other schools, who are persevering and and are finding success. But there are other students for whom this has been really, really challenging. Mm. And uh, that's concerning to all of us in education. Um, mm. We know that sometimes students are, uh, you know, have, have disengaged. And that's concerning. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think COVID will change education in the, in the coming years? How do you think that's yeah. going to change yeah. things? Yeah, great question. I think before COVID, there were a number of schools that sort of dabbled with the idea of, of remote instruction. Uh, but never had the need to fully develop or to explore the full capabilities of the technology and what that type mm-hmm. of instruction would look like. I mean, we, mm-hmm. you would see it happen at the, um, 
you know, at the, at the, uh, at the university level, perhaps. And some of us may have taken a graduate course remotely and that sort of thing. But I don't think there's a real drive to, to move in that direction at high schools and, and middle schools, et cetera. But I think COVID is a revolutionary event. I think it's, it's changed all of that. It's sort of like the old saying, you know, necessity is the mother invention. Mm-hmm. Um, it really forced schools to dig deep into the technology and to see what's, uh, see what was possible with mm-hmm. remote instruction. There are certainly limitations. I mean, ask any any educator, and they're going to tell you. You know, yeah. we want to get back to the classroom. We want to see faces. Uh, we want to talk to real people in a room. And uh, I'm certainly in that camp uh, when you're dealing with adolescents. And I think it's even hard. The younger the student, I think the more important it is that um, those students are are in person. I think the social dynamics are even, you know, certainly are are, are even more important. Mm-hmm. But I think some version of remote instruction is, is uh, for some students, is here to stay, even even mm-hmm. after COVID is gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, we even think about the fact uh, we're looking forward to September. I know everyone's optimistic and everyone's hoping that there'll be a full return to normal. Mm-hmm. When I say normal, that means every student back in the classroom five days a week. And we're planning to do that. But I, I imagine there still will be students who may have underlying health conditions, who are uh, not yet capable to receive the vaccine. Uh, there's so many unknowns, I think, mm-hmm. even uh, in the coming months. But I think now that that educators have discovered the capabilities of, of remote instruction, certainly these are the, uh, the exploratory years, this exploratory year, I should say. And mm-hmm. there's certainly a lot of kinks to work out. But I think, I think people have now, you know, the door's been opened. And I right. think folks look at it and say, okay, it wasn't perfect. There are a lot of limitations. However, if we make some tweaks, we do some things, maybe there's an application here that will work for some students and some capabilities and some whatever that looks like. But I, again, I think this is one of those moments that forced change. And I think that's true, uh, not just in education, but I'm sure there are other industries that are going to operate differently now as a result of COVID. So yeah, that's, that's that's my prediction. But, uh, but certainly... I, I think most educators will tell you I mean, they being in person with people, uh, with young people, is, is just is just critical to uh, you know this this uh, this experience. I mean, it's mm-hmm. we have to think about the developmental aspect of this in terms of of, of uh, human growth and development and where they're at as mm-hmm. uh, adolescents and pre adolescents and younger students and the the importance of being with their peers. I mean, there's there are and certainly there are plenty of studies to. Uh, to support the importance of that. Yeah. It's almost like this, this past year has been a really, really, really messy, rough draft, like rough first draft. <laughs> uh, and right. it, it yeah. there's a lot of whiteout and a lot of eraser, eraser marks and crossouts, but right. in a way, at least now there's something to work from. Whereas before, like you said, no one was really forced to do this. Right. So right. It, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe a scary kind of interesting, but it'll be interesting <laughs> sure. in all in all aspects of life. Absolutely. So, how do you define success, either professionally or or personally? I think, in, certainly in, in my role, I, I, I tend to think about the success of the school and the mission of the school, which is to educate and to prepare our students for for a changing world. Um, mm-hmm. If our students are successful, if they develop the skills, the knowledge the habits of mind to succeed in school and, and in life beyond Thorn Academy, then, then we've been successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are a lot of metrics you could use to define the success of, of any organization. But when you work in schools, 
the focus is always on the individual student. So every every teacher, every coach, counselor reflects on, I think, on the growth and the progress they've made with each individual student. You know, and, and for some students, you know, getting a B minus in class where you usually get C's and D's, well, well, that's success. Mm-hmm. And for other students, it's it might be sticking with a sport when they felt like uh, quitting, but they stuck it mm-hmm. out. Or they, uh, you see a student push themselves to to master a new musical instrument, even though you and I might think, well, they're not very good. Uh, but but the fact that uh, you know they stuck with it and they developed this mm. new skill set. So every every student is unique, and mm. and on some some level, so is their their measure of success. So we tend to look mm. at it again more on an individual basis as opposed to. Now, granted, other quantitative metrics are, are important. I mean, we look at uh, we look at test scores, we look at graduation rates, we look at all of those things, and those are all important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, for us, it's really about the experience of the individual student. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, you know, we look at where they come to us when they're eighth graders or sixth graders, and um, how have they grown when they leave when they leave Thor Academy? And you know, it's great to see them turn into young men and women, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, develop as well-rounded individuals. And I think that's how we measure success. And we say, how, how did we deal with this student? That's great. Mm. We always like to ask this question because it's really selfish of us. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it's just- We, we need to we, find a better way to put that. We, we want to yeah. know. I mean, it's, it's, it's inspiring to us, I guess, is who or what inspires you? Great question. I'm in a, a unique position. I, I'm very fortunate. I, um, I get to see every aspect of the school and I, I guess for me, when I see and hear about and witness the academic, the social, the emotional growth of our students, you know, really seeing a student rebound from failure, uh, seeing a student recover from a setback or, or a bad decision. I think about seeing our students grow up into young men and women with so much potential. They've got their whole lives ahead of them, particularly on graduation day. And, and I'll tell you, graduation day commencement is, is a really special time in the life of the school. And for me, it's the most poignant day of the year, mm-hmm. especially when I can see the pride in the faces of the parents as their, their son or daughter marches across a graduation stage. I mean, to me, that's, that's I sort of get, I get chills, you know, seeing that. And, and I think about that. This is what we do. This is why we do what we do. And I think it's really inspiring when we see, see that growth. And it's, to me, it's a, it's a sort of an, an attitude or a belief or a value we have about, about individuals, that this is a time of growth. We talk about adolescence and, and the time in school is a time of growth and exploration. But when I also talk about growth, you know, I'm inspired when I see a student who maybe didn't have it all together and made some bad decisions and has faced some adversity and to see them persevere and mm-hmm. to learn from those experiences and learn from those failures and to, uh, to find success. I mean, that's inspiring. And I think it just reminds me of the, of the potential in all of us and all of our students. And, and that's what uh, gives me hope. And that's what encourages me to continue doing the work that we do. I had goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So you've, you've obviously been in Maine for quite a while. And yeah. um, what would you say is your favorite part of living in Maine? Mm. Yeah, that's, I mean, I love, I love the outdoors. I just being able to get out and, and really go, go for a little hike, even locally. I mean, it's great to mm. go out and, and, and climb a mountain sort of thing, but uh, just there's so much natural beauty here in Maine and particularly living here on the coast. I mean, it's endless. I really like the pace of life uh, in Maine. Certainly it's, I enjoy visiting other places, but uh, there's something special about coming back to Maine and uh, 
like the people. I think you're going to hear that from from those of us who have been in Maine for a long time, who grew up in Maine. I think the people are genuine. Most yeah. people, I think, in Maine are are sincere, and there's a certain comfort to that. There's a certain familiarity with that. You know, to me, Maine is Maine is home. Mm. I don't think I could put that any better. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly <laughs> what I it's exactly what I would say. Yeah. Well, Rainey, thank you so much for yes, taking time out of your day, so for much. talking with us and sharing with us about Thornton Academy. We really appreciate that. And I'll be sure that we have links to uh, the Thornton website as well as all your social media. And best of luck to you with the rest of the school year and, and of course, over the summer and next year. And hopefully, fingers crossed, knock <laughs> on wood, whatever else we need to do, uh, yeah. that we'll be able to uh, see all those students back in September and uh, things kind of get back to normal for, for you and, and teachers there. Yeah, and thank you to all the teachers to it's a anyone that's a teacher whether it's at Thornton or any school thank you for all that you've done um, and just all the hard work that you put in and just rising to the occasion and just having to to adapt um, so we just we really appreciate all the work that that they do mm-hmm. right uh, exactly yeah. they've, they've done a terrific job and again Thornton and every other school every educator in the state of Maine deserves deserves a lot of credit and a lot of appreciation yes. so Absolutely. I'll tell you what, y'all just take the summer off. <laughs> Even though we know that really hey, isn't how it yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. So. That's, that, that's, that's not something you want to say to an educator, I'll tell you. No, no. no. It's, <laughs> I've got a, There's I've got a, a lot of work friends. that happens over the summer. Oh, oh, I know. I've got a couple friends who are teachers, and, and I, I'll say that to them just to needle them a little bit. I get yeah. the side eye. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm just, just kidding. Seriously. Well, thank you. Thank you. Have a great day, Rainey. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Same to you. Thank you again to our sponsor, Fabian Oil. Be sure to contact them for all your propane and heating oil needs using the information in the show notes. And thank you for listening.